Welcome to Industry Vancouver, conversations about the residential real estate industry with Andrew Hasman and Jeff Bennett. Andrew, hey, new format. Yes, Jeff Bennett. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk today about year-end recap, uh, some predictions for the spring. Uh, how did we do last year? I think, you know what, we did fine. Um, the sky didn't fall. Nope. The real estate market didn't crash. And yes, we're feeling the pinch of inflation and, and there's definitely, you know, high interest rates are, we're going to feel that uh, at least a certain percentage of the, of the market is, it's, it's, it's a reality, but I think people are dealing with it. And um, I think overall the market uh, performed remarkably well in 2023. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, I think so. I was thinking about our prediction. I think that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make myself sound too smart, but I think we actually said the spring market was going to be quite active. And I, I was pleasantly surprised by how active it was. Well, when you, when we, I think when we spoke about that, I was sitting on pins and needles because I think it was this time last year and it was pretty quiet out there. There wasn't a lot happening. And so we were sort of, uh, you know, preaching that things were going to get better, hopefully uh, with ho hopefully people hearing that and, you know, some positive sentiment uh, injecting some um, energy into the market. And of course, the spring market really, I think, took everyone by surprise as to how busy it got very quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it lasted, what, until sort of into early May. And then we sort of got into more of a summer lull. But overall, I think it was a remarkably good year considering what we're dealing with. I think so, too. And uh, what I'm hearing so far in the first couple of weeks of this year is, you know, cautious optimism. I think anecdotally, people are feeling quite positive. Uh, I've had a lot of client meetings so far this year with people thinking about coming on the market, as well as buyers who are saying, you know what, it's it's time to uh, put the worry behind us. Let's go ahead and do something. Well, I think, as I said, you know, we, we left off 2023 with some indication that the U.S. Fed and the Bank of Canada are going to possibly bring the rates down uh, sometime into, you know, second, third quarter 2024, we might be in for uh, two or three 25 basis point cuts. Yes. So the minute people start to see or hear that, all of a sudden now there's a little bit more renewed confidence that rates aren't going any higher. We've hit the top. And from this point going forward, maybe some easing is going to help inject some fuel into the market. And so I think that renewed confidence just, you know, People see it, they read it on social media, the news, and all of a sudden, it's time to sort of maybe think about buying or think about selling. For sure. I know, uh, you know, I always think, you know, what what is it that makes prices go up? And I, I think prices go up because people are worried that they're going to be higher tomorrow. And so they, they go to the market and they say, well, I may not like it 100%, but I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to get it because I think I'm going to have to pay more for it tomorrow. And and conversely, when, when prices are going down, they think, oh, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to make a lower offer. I'm going to do whatever because I, I'm, I'm trying to eliminate a measure of risk by buying it today and then having it be worth less tomorrow. Now, with interest rates, they can be high and low depending on what the emotionality is of, of, of the market. And ultimately, right now, I think I'm feeling that the emotions are are 
like I say, cautiously optimistic for this spring. So I, I think we're going to have a, a, a pretty good run and the uh, interest rates or the threat of interest rates coming down, I think is going to help the, the emotion of the market uh, more so than the actual increase in affordability. Well, it's all about sentiment, right? So when people feel more confident, when there's a little bit more certainty out there, then it brings people, um, it, brings, it brings them to the table, whether they're buyers or sellers. For sure. And I, I know when we talked last year, yeah. we were saying, you know, people can't stay on the fence forever. They can't, like if they need more house, less house, a different house, a house in a different location, whatever it is, they can't wait. And so what we were thinking is there was some pent up demand. Now, if you marry that with uh, slightly lower interest rates or even the the promise of lower interest rates, I, I think it, it it bodes well for us. And if you think about it, let's let's talk about where we do the majority of our business, Vancouver East, Vancouver West. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I'm sure you'll agree. How many of your clients are losing their job? They're 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 having to sort of uh, juggle their finances because they're in financial disarray. They're having to uh, sell property because they can't afford what they've got on their platter. I just don't see a lot of that, at least in our market. No. Uh, I'm sure it's happening elsewhere. But in Vancouver as a whole, I'm not seeing people in any financial dire straits. I have had a couple of conversations with people who are having a renewal come up, obviously at a much higher rate. You know, maybe they took a two or a three year term and they're starting to see that. But I think a lot of the worry about the renewal was caused by the fact that the steady upwards march of interest rates didn't seem to be stopping. So, right. I, I mean, the banks aren't interested in taking those properties back. They're interested in people continuing to make their mortgage payments. Yeah. I think there has been a large erosion of affordability based on the increased payments. But overall, I, like you say, I think mostly people are in their homes, either through extending their amortization or uh, you know, uh, maybe cutting down a little bit on their uh, their payment or maybe even going to a reverse amortization, whatever they're doing. There's a lot of options out there to forestall, you know, having to sell the home. And, and up until now, if they have had to, the 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 market has been ready to absorb those homes that come on, on, on for sale. I mean, you know, we were having this discussion on Friday afternoon. We said, you know, how much is actually for sale right now? And if we look at you know, the West Side detached market, Let, let's say you're out looking for a, a home for a buyer of yours who's trading up from something. Maybe they've sold a townhouse, they've sold an apartment, uh, they've got some uh, money coming in from uh, from the family or helping them out, whatever that looks like. You just need one house. How hard can it be, right? <laughs> well, it isn't easy because I, I had a client just before Christmas and Andrew, you know what? I've uh, decided we're going to buy a house in Kitsilano. Uh, we want an older house because we're eventually going to build on it. We want something that's clean, that's older, close to land value. I did a quick search for him, you know, fairly wide area, but upper kits. And uh, there was one house on the market. That was it. One house for sale. That's yeah. it. Well, and, and on, on Friday after we talked, I went back and I looked and there was 408 homes for sale right. on the west side. 200 of them had an asking price over 5 million. So a bit of a stretch for a trade-up buyer or something. That's not a typical buyer, right? That's not a typical buyer. Yeah. A uh, couple of those, you know, how many of them had been on the market for two months or more? And what does that tell us? If, it's, if the home's on the market for two months? Overpriced. Overpriced. Yeah. Um, so we take away another 
you know, 142, we're left with about 66 properties now that could be contenders. Take away the active streets, half streets, backing onto commercial, flanking a busy street. You've got 42 left. Land assembly houses. Land assembly houses. Uh, take away that. Take away, um, you know, you're down to about 35. Uh, sometimes they'll list strata accidentally as as detached. You know, take oh, that some of those 35 have probably got offers on them already as well. So they're not available either, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you take away the building lots, multifamily, anything in need of a major renovation, maybe just ugly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're down to about a dozen. Yeah. Wrong school district, too far from shopping, your favorite part of your favorite store. You've got six homes left. And, and like you say, of those six, if those are the best of the bunch, probably, I mean, 15 or 20 homes are selling every week. Like half or more of those have probably got offers accepted. So you, you're faced with the prospect of, do you want one of the last two houses? Do you want A, do you want B, or do you want C, wait for the next great listing to come on? Yeah. So then you know when, if you list something and it presents nicely, nice location, and the price is correct, it's priced for the market, yeah. that it's probably going to be sold in the next 10 days. Well, yeah, because there's a dozen buyers looking for that same thing. So so you're exactly right. You know, when it when it comes on, you're you're the only show in town so everybody that's listening that's got a great house like that that's thinking oh should i or shouldn't i list you know how's the market going to respond to me the short answer is it's going to respond very well <laughs> yeah no I, I you know what i always say um it's not for everybody but uh for anyone that comes to the market early in the year maybe not super early but you know getting into the third fourth week of this month get get uh, the cold weather and the snow behind us um you don't need the flowers to be out. You don't need the the blossoms to be out. As long as the home is clean and the garden has been winterized and tidy, the home is priced correctly, and um, you've got something nice to offer, you're probably going to do just, just fine. There's enough buyers out there looking that they're going to be gravitating towards your property. And you're selling at a time where you don't have a lot of competition because everyone else is waiting for the blossoms and they're waiting for the flowers and waiting for the grass, the smell of the grass again. So don't follow the herd, be be a leader, not a follower, right? Exactly, and look what happened. Everybody that waited for May or June last year- Missed the market. They missed the market. So sometimes sooner is a little bit better. And when we <laughs> identify that there's very little for sale and lots of pent up demand, it can be, uh, can be pretty good. So overall, what's your prediction for spring? Well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go out on a limit again and say that I think, uh, the, the sentiment right now is much more positive than it was this time last year. And whether we see an interest rate cut or not, because we might not see anything until the summer, who knows? Anyone's yes. guess? No point predict predicting it. But I think we're in for a good market. I think that the market's been sleepy. It's been on hold. It's been on the sidelines for the better part of uh, 12 to 18 months. And at some point, people have to get on with their lives. And I think that this... Uh, potential rate drop coming in 2024 is giving people reason to be a little bit more confident. So I think we're going to step into a busier market. I think we're going to see uh, some good momentum as we get into mid, mid late February, slightly longer days. Uh, the weather getting starting to improve a little bit, but I think you'll see more product coming to the market, but you'll also see more buyers. Don't know if we're going to start to see prices rise, but I think we're going to see more activity, more sales, more listings, more overall momentum in the market. And I think that's gonna carry into the spring and hopefully uh, summer's usually not as busy as the spring, 
but the first six months of the year should be much better in 2024 than in 2023. I accept. Okay. <laughs> now we'll see if we choke on our words. That's July, right. right? You know, you never know. It's anyone's guess. You know, and here's the other thing as well. Like I had clients asking me uh, uh, this past week, Andrew, should we do it this year? Should we do it next year? I said, look, you know, what's going on in your life that's just precipitating this phone call? Like, what are you trying to achieve? And I say this to all my clients. Look, don't try to time the market. Do this when it's right for you. Yeah. If we go back, you know, Jeff, you and I have been, been selling homes now for better part of 30 years, a little bit over 30 years. And yes. if you look at the graphs and you look at what's happened to Vancouver in the last 30 years, yes, there's, there's ebbs and flows, but it's mostly up with little bumps along the way. Yeah. And, you know, whether you bought um, a little bit high or a, bit, a little bit low, if you fast forward, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, it doesn't matter really where you bought in that, in, you know, 1998, whether you bought at the high point or the low point, you're doing tremendously, you're doing incredible today. And that's, that, that's, the, that's really the, the takeaway is don't try to time the market, do it when it's right for you. So you buy right now, it's quiet, feels a bit awkward to be buying when maybe there's not a lot of buyers out there. Yes. But maybe you don't have, uh, you're not in as many competing offers. So you can buy something, maybe you can negotiate a slightly better deal. You wait till the market picks up again, well, prices are going to go up again. So you pay a bit more, right? Um, so it, I, I always think it's better to buy when things are slow. Um, but again, don't try to time the market. Do it when it's right for you and your family. That's what I tell all my clients. Right. I, uh, I'm with you. I've actually gone back and I, I, I've looked at that, you know, 40 year graph and, and or 45 year graph, however far back it goes now. And the thought I had to, was no matter where it was on that graph, even if it was at a market peak, I would rather have bought then than not bought 15 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if your question is, do I buy or do I not? Uh, what's what's the prognosis going forward? You need a house to live in. You got a shelter for your family, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, like you say, don't try and time the market. Time your life. Yeah, yeah. Just get on with it. And uh, if you, you know, again, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even early 50s, you've got some time, uh, you're going to do just fine. If you're buying real estate, though, for a quick flip or for, you know, and you need to, you're going to be selling it in two or three or four years, that's pretty risky. But if it's a long-term yeah. purchase, then you're probably just going to be fine. For sure. All right. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's, let's leave it for there. Let's, uh, let's uh, see how this goes and uh, how the spring uh, transpires. We will, uh, we'll be in we'll touch. Reconnect and, uh, and then we'll see who was, well, actually, I think we're both on the same side of the fence. So we're either both we wrong or both right. I think we're going to be both right though. That's, that's kind of the way I see it. I think so too. We're, we're, we're eternal optimists, right? You have that's to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shameless disclosure. Uh, we are salespeople. That's right. <laughs> So aren't we supposed to say that uh, you're thinking of making a purchase, check with your financial advisor, your lawyer, yes. you know, all that good stuff. We're, we're realtors. Yeah. And, yeah. and better at that than being accountants or lawyers. So That's yes, right. please consult the necessary professionals. There you go. All right. Well, listen, uh, we'll be in touch soon and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye for now. Thanks, bud. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate your time and your attention. If we can be of further help or information, we look forward to hearing from you. We respectfully acknowledge that we live, work, and play on the traditional territories 
of the Coast Salish people, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. <laughs>